Today we're continuing in our 40 Days of Purpose study. Uh, we're looking at uh, purposes that God has for our lives. Last few weeks we've looked at four purposes of worship, fellowship, discipleship, and ministry. And today we're going to look uh, at the fact that you were made for a mission. John 17, 18, uh, Jesus said this. Let's read this out loud together. In the same way that you gave me a mission in the world, I give them a mission in the world. A circle the phrase, in the world. And you know, last week we talked about how you need to have a ministry in the church. God shaped you to serve in the church, to help the church grow and flourish. Uh, every believer is to be a minister. Now this week we're going to see that you also need a mission in the world. Uh, you need a ministry to believers in the church. You need a mission to unbelievers uh, in the world. You minister to the body of Christ, and you minister to those who are outside the body of Christ. And God wants you to do both of those. Now, as we look at this issue of mission, uh, you need to understand that you have both a custom mission. You, you have a personal life mission that is customized for you. You also have a common mission that you share with everybody else in the body of Christ. And today we're going to look at the common mission that we all share in. Uh, I hope to later in the year to spend time looking at the personal, customized life mission that God has for you. But the foundation for that personalized life mission is the common mission that God calls every believer to, that we share in together as believers. In John 20, 21, Jesus said, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And we're sent. Sent to do what? Uh, what is our mission? Paul's pretty specific about it in Acts 20, 24, when he says this. He says, The most important thing is that I complete my mission. The work the Lord Jesus gave me to tell people the good news about God's grace. Write this down. My fifth purpose is to share the good news. You know, once I know that I was planned for God's pleasure, once I know that I was formed for God's family, once I know I was created to become like Christ, when I understand that I am shaped to serve God and to serve other people, uh, all the things that we've been talking about in this 40 days, once you understand the purposes for your life, God says, I want you to share those purposes with other people. I want you to share the good news. And the Bible word for this purpose is the word evangelism. Uh, evangelism is just a Greek word for good news. The evangel is good news. Evangelism is sharing the good news. That's all it means. And once I know the good news, that God loves me, that God has a plan and a purpose for my life, all the things that we've been looking at over these last few weeks, God wants me to pass that information on to other people. He wants me to share the good news with others. Now, where am I supposed to share it? To whom am I supposed to share it? Now, let's read Acts 1.8 together. He says, You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. There's, there's three places where we're supposed to share this. Now, when Jesus told this to his followers, you know where they were. They were in Jerusalem. 
He told them in this, you're to share to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. What he's saying is you start wherever you are. You start at home. You start with the people closest to you in your own community, in your own city, your own county. You start in your Jerusalem. Then he says, I want you to go to Judea and Samaria. Judea and Samaria would be like the county next door. And with the Samaritans, particularly, it means people who are near to you but are different than you. The Samaritans were different uh, than those in Judea. They were different culturally, ethnically, uh, racially, even theologically. He said, I want you to go to the people who are around you, people who are nearby, but they're different than you. And then he says, I want you to go to the ends of the earth. I want you to reach everybody else. I want you to be my witnesses. I've shared with you before that, that he says, I want you to be my witnesses. He doesn't say, I want you to be my defense attorney, or I want you to be my prosecuting attorney, or I want you to be my judge and jury. He just says, I want you to be my witnesses. And what a witness does is a witness just tells what they saw, what they heard, what happened to them. He says, I just want you to go to the people in your town, in your community. I want you to go to people who are nearby but are different than you. And I want you to go to everybody else and just tell them what God has done for you. Tell them the good news of what has happened in your life as you've yielded your life to Christ. Now, the truth is nobody is a better witness about your life than you are. Because you're the expert, you're the authority of what God has done in your life. So you are an expert witness. God says, I just want you to tell people what, what I've done in your life. Why? Why does God want us to go and share this? Because, we've, as we learned at the very beginning, God is building a forever family of people who love and trust Him. A family that is going to spend eternity with Him. That's the whole point of history. That's the whole point of what's going on. That's the whole point of our existence. Now look at this next verse, Ephesians 3.11. It says, This was God's plan for all of history, which He carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. And this has been God's plan from the very beginning. God has chosen us to complete the mission that Jesus Christ started when He was here on earth. God puts the future of the world in our hands. So how do you get in on God's agenda? How do you let God use you to complete your mission here on earth? Well, you do three things. One, I'm a share with those in my world. The starting point is I share with those who are in my world, those who are closest to me. Now, there was a man that Jesus healed, and after Jesus healed him, the man was, was so thankful, so grateful, so enamored with Christ that he said, Jesus, let me travel around with you. Let me be one of your closest followers and stay with you. Jesus said, no, I don't want you to do that. And in Luke 8, he told the man, he said, go back home and tell people how much God has done for you. So that man went all over town telling how much Jesus had done for him. Circle the phrase, go back home. You know, Jesus says the same thing to you. He says, start where you are. Start in your home. Start in your town. Right where you are. Your neighborhood. Your community. And says, so this guy just went all over town. God wants you to tell your family, your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers, anybody who crosses your path right where you are, God wants you to share the good news with them of what God has done in your life. 
Now, why don't we do that? Well, one reason is when we, we fall prey to the myth that people aren't interested in spiritual things. You know, it's fascinating to me that the more secular our, our culture becomes, the more anti-Christ our culture becomes, the more every survey, uh, the more every poll indicates that Americans are more interested in spiritual things now than they were even 10 years ago. There is a spiritual interest in what's going on. And particularly, people want to hear your story about what Christ is doing in your life. They want to know what can happen to them. Opportunities to share the good news come across your path every single day. You just have to be looking for them, and you have to be ready to speak into those situations. At Rockbrook, we have a series of classes that we teach, our life development classes. And we have a class on membership, and then you take a class on maturity, and you take a class on ministry, and each one of these classes helps you fulfill one of God's purposes for your life. And we have a mission class that you take. And in that class, the goal is to teach you how to be prepared to share your faith. And we teach you how to write out a testimony that you can have ready and be prepared to share with other people. Uh, we teach you how to share your faith without an argument. Now, why should you take the time to do that kind of preparation? Well, because God said you should. He says, be ready at all times to answer anyone who asks you to explain the hope you have in you. You know, the key is to be ready. The key is to be prepared, to understand that evangelism is one of the purposes of your life. And so you've got to be prepared for it. You know, God wants you to share the good news with people who haven't heard it yet. I mean, if somebody shared it with you, you know, Paul McDowell, my art history instructor, was prepared. He was ready to share the gospel with me. And I responded. God doesn't want anyone to be lost, but He wants all people to change their hearts and lives. God is not willing that anybody should perish. As long as there's one person on earth who hasn't responded to the gospel of Christ, we've got to keep reaching out with the good news. Do you know how much God cares about your neighbors, your co-workers, you know, the people in your life who don't know the Lord? Do you know how much God cares about them? God cares about them this much. Jesus Christ spread out His arms and gave His life on the cross. That's how much He loved people who don't know Him. That's how much He loved the people in your life who haven't responded to Jesus Christ yet. God cares. We have to care because God cares. You know, uh, we've been doing rock work for 15 years, and it's been an amazing adventure for us. And we've experienced good, solid, steady growth over those 15 years. And, and we've had our growing pains, and we've had uh, our struggles. And even now, we're doing some remodeling and some other things, trying to uh, use our space as good as we can. You know, growth comes at a cost. And once in a while, uh, somebody will say, well, you know, isn't rock work big enough? And I'll be honest with you, the rock work was big enough about the first year. I mean, it was big enough for what I was able to do, big enough for what I had the energy for uh, early on. Uh, but we don't grow for our benefit. We don't grow because it's easy. We don't grow because it's best for us. We grow because everybody needs the Lord. People need Christ in their life. And the wrong question isn't how big should our church get. The wrong question isn't, isn't our church big enough? The question to ask is, who are we going to leave out? Who are we going to leave out? 
you know, many of the people who come here now have been coming in the last three, four, five years. But let us say ten years ago, we decided, oh, that's big enough, we're just going to stop. We've got a good enough group of people, we're, and we stopped before we reached you. You know, the church that doesn't want to grow is saying to the world around it, you can go to hell. You know, if you're refusing to share the gospel with those around you, you're telling people, you can go to hell. I'm happy, I'm in, I'm satisfied, but I'm not going to share Christ with you. If you want God's blessing on your life, you've got to care most about what God cares about most. And you know what God cares about more than anything else? People. Your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers, your loved ones who don't know Jesus Christ. And we, we have been given the good news. We are called to share it. And it starts, starts in our own home, in our own town, in our own community, in our Jerusalem. That's not enough to care about the people who are around you. Number two, I must dare to reach beyond my world. You know, love demands that I move beyond my comfort zone, that I move to reach out to people who are different than me, different background, different education, different language, different economics. I mean, our mission has such eternal consequences. Heaven and hell hang in the balance that we must be willing to risk in order to get the message out. You know, if I had a cure for cancer, I'd be on the street corner screaming. I, I would be communicating with everybody that I possibly could. I've got better news than that. I know the way to eternal life. Somebody cared enough to tell me, I've got to care enough to tell other people. 1 Corinthians 9.22 tells me how to do it. It says, whatever each person is like, I try to find common ground with him so that he will let me tell him about Christ and let Christ save him. You know, I've got to discover what people are like. Repeatedly, the Bible says that the Christians need to be building bridges to other people, not walls of separation. We've got to reach out to others, and God expects us to make the first move. In fact, over and over again, God says it in one word. He says, go, go. You can't spell God without go. You can't spell good news without go. You can't spell gospel without go. I must dare to reach beyond my world. Galatians 6.2 says, Stoop down and reach out to those who were oppressed. Share their burdens. And so complete Christ's law. What's the law of Christ? To love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, God says that our faith is proved by our love. James says, real religion, the kind that passes muster before God the Father is this. Reach out to the homeless and the loveless in their plight. You know, you read about Jesus Christ and his ministry. Christ is constantly reaching out to the underdog, constantly reaching out to the powerless, the disenfranchised, the poor, the imprisoned, the orphaned, the widowed. It's not just about telling our family and friends about Christ. It's about reaching out to people who are different from us, people who are in different stations, different situations than us. It's reaching beyond ourselves to people in another community, people who are different than us but still need Jesus Christ. And if we step beyond ourselves, if we extend who Jesus Christ is within us to another person, amazing things happen. And one day we're going to stand before God, and He's going to do an audit of our lives. He's going to judge if we have really learned how to love or if we just talked about it. 
says Jesus is going to separate people into two different groups. In the story, he identifies them as sheep and goats. He says to one group, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. And in that story, people are going to say, well, when did we do that for you, Lord? And he says, whenever you have done it to one of the least of my brothers and sisters, you have done it to me. Jesus said, whenever you did it to the people around you, it's like you did it to me. Here's Teresa was singing this morning about the plea for God to wrap his arms around the world tonight. You know, if God is going to wrap his arms around the world, you know how he's going to do it? He's going to do it with these arms. That's how he's going to do it. Christianity is about healing hurts and helping people. Now, I'll be honest with you. If you get involved in in this mission, in your life mission, uh, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you something. It's going to cost you time, energy, and effort, and money, and resources. It may even cost you more than that. But God has promised eternal rewards. Look at this next verse. Jesus was asked, you know, what's going to happen if we give up everything for the gospel? Jesus replied, let me assure you that no one has ever given up anything for love of me and to tell others the good news who won't be given back, read it with me, a hundred times over. A hundred times over. That's 10,000% interest on your investment. You're not going to get that rate anywhere else. God says, whatever you do for me is not in vain. He says, whatever you pour out for mission is not an expense. Whatever you pour out on mission is an investment that will reap a huge reward. It's not just enough to share with those in my world. It's not even enough to reach beyond my world. If I'm going to be like Jesus Christ, I must care about the whole world. I share with my world, I dare to reach beyond my world, and then I care about the whole world because God cares about the whole world. Now, this will take you to a whole new level of spiritual maturity. Mark 16, 15. Jesus said to his followers, Go everywhere in the world and tell the good news to everyone. Now, who's Jesus talking to here? Is Jesus talking to pastors here? No. Is he talking to, to missionaries here? No. He's just talking to his ordinary followers. He says, go everywhere in the world because everybody deserves to hear the gospel. And it's interesting that when Christ gave this command, uh, it was pretty near impossible to do it. And when Jesus said this to his disciples, you know, their modes of transportation were fairly limited. Their understanding even of the known world was very limited. I mean, they didn't have ships to get around to, to all the various parts of the world. And even in those days, they had to walk or ride a donkey or a camel. They were limited. Today, and we have ships and planes and trains and automobiles and buses. And with the Internet, I mean, the world has gotten even smaller. I mean, you can communicate with the world from your phone. And that's absolutely amazing. I mean, you can sit in your pajamas and on your phone do evangelism. I mean, it's just awesome. 
I mean, even in the most remote villages of the world, I mean, they may not have plumbing. They may barely have electricity. They got email. I remember standing out in the middle of the jungle in a remote part of the Philippines, and, and, a, and a kid, maybe kid, came up to me, handed me a phone, and I'm watching a podcast on his phone out there in the middle of the jungle. I'm thinking, wow, this is absolutely amazing. You have a phone. Why don't you have pants? I mean, I've got Facebook friends who, who get electricity four hours a day. Electricity comes on, everyone jumps on their laptops. I mean, the world has become small because of, uh, in our day, because of what we have at our disposal. Are we using it? Steve Green has a song called The Mission. It says, across the street or around the world, the mission is still the same. Proclaim and live the truth in Jesus' name. Across the street, around the world, proclaim and live the truth in Jesus' name. And fulfilling your mission is the secret to a fulfilled life. You want to live a life of significance? Look at this verse, Mark 8.35. If you insist on saving your life, you will lose it. Only those who throw their lives away for my sake and the sake of the good news, that that's your mission, will ever know what it means to really live. Is there going to be anybody in heaven because of you? And when you get to heaven, is anybody going to say, hey, thank you, I'm here because you shared with me so I could respond and, and let Christ save me. I mean, you knew the good news, you didn't keep it a secret, you passed it on to me. In the next 365 days, 150,000 people in Missouri will die. Right here in Missouri, in, in, in the greatest Christian country that has ever existed, most of those people will go into a Christless eternity. In the next 365 days, 2.4 million Americans will die. Right here, in, in, in the greatest Christian country that's ever lived, most of those people will die without knowing Christ as their Savior. In the next 365 days, 54 million people in the world will die. Many of them will die never even hearing who Jesus is and what he's done for them. 54 million. You hear those numbers and it's just hard to comprehend. But if we care, we must share. Acts 13.36 is on your outline. It says, David served God's purposes in his own time. That's my prayer. That's my prayer for me. That's my prayer for you. That you would serve God's purpose in your time, in your generation. I mean, what is more important than doing what God has put you on this earth to do? Now, here's the test to know if you've completed your mission. If you want to know, have I completed my life mission or not? Very simple test. Take these two fingers and place them right here. And if you've got a pulse, your mission's not complete. If you don't have a pulse, you're done. Okay? It's that simple. But if you're alive, your mission is not complete. Let's pray together. God, as I look out on these faces in, in this service, I, I just know that you're calling us to accept your mission into our lives. I, I pray that you'll give us the courage to do the right thing. God, help us not to be distracted. Help us not to walk away in disobedience. God, help us to realize the great privilege that is ours, that we have been invited 
into the, the greatest thing the universe has ever known, the church of Jesus Christ. And that you've asked us to play a part. You've asked us to go and share that message. I just ask you to pray this prayer just in the quietness of your own heart. Just say, God, I want to fulfill the purposes that you made me for. And so today I accept this fifth purpose, my mission to tell others. I want you to use me any time, any way, any place. I want to bring others to you. I want to serve your purpose in my generation. God, I want to be a part of what you're doing in the world. I want to build my life around your eternal purposes. I want to help our church to do the same thing. God, I thank you for this opportunity. Help me to respond in faith. In Jesus' name we pray.